live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio is not Padawan J. No, no, no. No, no, no. But we have some of the ODPH family coming through. And obviously, with the subject matter we are talking about, you knew one person and one person only was going to be stopping by for the show. <laughs> Sir, why don't you just give yourself your introduction? Coming at you live and direct, straight from a folding chair in the ODPH studio, tis I, Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. Thank you so much, Ken M., for having me back again. Thank you for coming through, and obviously, you know if you're swinging through, we are talking about one of the most historic fandoms in all of pop culture. We are talking about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's right. Yes, we are. Now, interesting fact that you know that we're recording this on the day that Dino Fury Season 2, Part 2, the finale, comes out today, right on Netflix. No, I did not. Mm -hmm. I already cheated and looked at the last episode. But it works, though, because, like I say, if we're talking Power Rangers, nobody, and I mean nobody knows it like Tom does. Thank you, thank you. And that is why we are also celebrating, too, a historic moment in the Power Rangers lore. Because at your local comic shops this week is the final series issue of one of the most legendary runs in all of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics. And that is Ryan Parrott's last issue with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 100. Now, if you're not familiar with the franchise the Boom Studios is doing, uh, first and foremost, shame on you. Very much. Because it's one of the best lines in all of comics, bar none. But Tom, let us deep dive about why this issue is so important. So this issue is so big because ever since issue 50, the line itself had gone into two separate running lines, the Mighty Morphin series and the Power Ranger series, which in of that self did a great job with the fact that the Mighty Morphin series was just the Earth-based Rangers and the Power Ranger series were the Omega Rangers, which were introduced exclusively in the Boom Studios comics. At this point, they have reconverged together into this massive, big swan song coup d'etat of... of Epicness. I mean, there, I have so many adjectives I could use here, but I would need a bigger thesaurus. No, but you're absolutely right. I mean, just to see of how this has gone and Ryan's run, I mean, starting with Go Go Power Rangers yep. to now and all the big moments. And that, like you kind of hear that all the time. Well, everything's got a big moment. No, all the really big, important moments of that comic run have definitely stand out. The Altarian War is one of my all-time favorite stories in all of comics. Getting Lord Zed back, Zed's background of who he is. Yes. That was such a mind-blowing experience. And just getting that connection. So then when you had that issue leading in to the Altarian War and just seeing about how the triple threat was going on, mm -hmm. it really gave more gravity to the situation. And as you're seeing there as a reader, and you don't have to be the hardcore Power Rangers aficionado. You can come in fairly cold to it and still get an emotional impact Yep, because you can definitely see about how Zordon was torn. And thus when the reveal happens and seeing how everything is going on with all the moving factors happening, it really gives an extra feel to that book that you're going like, 
okay, I know the Power Rangers from when I watch them on TV and obviously the you know the different mediums and such. But reading it and going, okay, you're connecting on that level, and you can definitely feel that emotion going on and feeling how high the stakes are. And then let alone factoring the team team fighting the Imperials. Like, this was just high-level stakes all around. And then even to the fallouts that happened, obviously, I guess we can talk a little bit of spoilers, but do yourself a favor. If you haven't read these books, go to your local comic shops, go to Comixology, read these books however you need to read them because they're absolutely amazing. But losing the command center... And then, obviously, the Omega Rangers making the call and definitely putting the universe on notice. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, talk about how serious that moment was. Mm -hmm. And then to see the fallout from that, and that kind of leads us to where we're going now, into issue 100 and seeing Andros join the team. Now, obviously, he's a little more of a deep lore Power Ranger character, but you want talking a little bit about him? So Andrus joined the whole Power Ranger thing at the end of the Zordon era, just after Power Rangers Turbo. He was the Red Ranger of the in space team. What was interesting, he was the first character really ever in Power Rangers history to be an alien outside of the Equation Rangers from uh, Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers to join the main core team. So what was interesting when I was speaking with Chris uh, several times, Chris Kamen Lee, the original actor, because of the fact that the Turbo Rangers had came over to space, so you had, you know, the actors Selwyn, Patty, Tracy, and Roger, they all had this chemistry going. To come in as an outsider really made that whole fact that he was an alien, made him feel alienated as an actor, and he tried portraying it as well as he could on screen. Now, to get this in the comic books, uh, pre-In Space, pre-anything with Turbo, really builds up the backstory considering the fact that we've also had in earlier issues we've seen astronomer we've even got the power rangers unlimited air to darkness we've seen um ecliptor so to round out everything that is happening in space in outer space with the omegas is is fantastic and then that just you know goes to ryan parrot for adding in as much of the lore as he can right now yeah it definitely adds a different feel to it because obviously Separating the two teams, you definitely want to have a distinct vibe to your teams. Very much. And obviously when he made, I always call it the, the call out to the universe, you mm -hmm. know, and when they made their, th I don't want to say a threat, but it kind of was to every single evildoer out there. It was there. an F around and find out moment. Yeah, exactly. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Mm -hmm. And when they made that shot, it definitely resonated throughout the, the galaxy. I mean, I love how they just kind of threw the little cameo address on. Yep. And obviously he's kind of been waiting the wings. And I, I love that we didn't see him the rest of the series. Yes. Once he was out, he was out. And it was good because we were able to focus more on the Rangers themselves instead of having it. Oh, my God. Look, it's another JDF character. Yes, exactly. And if you're not familiar with Dragon, do yourself a favor and find out about why this is one of the most refreshing characters. Yes. In modern Power Rangers times, one of fantastic villains that you're going to come across. But once we get into Andros... And I know I say Andros, but that's just kind of how I do it. Once we get into his plight and obviously what happened on KO35, I always want to say KO35. It just kind of rolls like that. It rolls. But when we start finding out what happens there, not everything is what it seems. And obviously it comes to a situation of he's working the Rangers and obviously tying into his history with the Rangers to kind of manipulate the situation. What do you think about that? I, I think it, what was really great about that is that we got his backstory in another Power Rangers Unlimited and to find out, you know, what happened after uh, Caron, his his sister, who then eventually became um, astronomer, was kidnapped. And to find out that he and Zane were both um, 
you know, orphans and mm-hmm. they were raised by the former space team. So they had this brotherly, you know, bond going on this, this fraternal thing going. So to see the fact of what had happened to Zane and how his own cockiness and got everybody in trouble that he wanted to get to bring back his, 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 his best friend, his brother, his, his comrade in arms. It, it's fantastic to, to, to just put this extra amount going in before what I would know to be the first episode of In Space. Yes, I think it definitely added a lot to it. So once you start getting that little backstory, and like I said, there was the Unlimiteds that came out to to get a little more extra backstory, which was great because I think for me, who's not as deep of a Power Rangers lore aficionado as you are. Thank you. I needed that kind of refresher because I'm going, okay, like, I understand what's going on. I get the rough shot. But to get that deep dive, I thought it really helped out. And obviously seeing Andros played, this is something that when it started rolling and you're seeing on how he's kind of working the team to get the revenge because obviously that is what he's destined to do. Like, he is basically like, okay, things have gotten screwed over. My best friend is gone. My planet is wiped out. It's Mm -hmm. being oppressed by the Zurichs. I need to kind of come in there and really just wreck shop. Yep, and he winds up working the Rangers, almost like a wrestling angle, to basically say, "Okay, you're going to help me do this, but I'm going to need some help." And then when he gets on Safe Haven, this is where things get a little tricky because who does he find that's hidden away? The Death Ranger. Yes, define the Death Ranger. So the Death Ranger is an ancient ranger that runs in the same line as the Omega Rangers. Um, Spark is one of the ancient, ancient Golden Rangers. And he was able to start to control the powers of death itself. So what Andrus is trying to do is to access those death powers to bring Zane back to life. More, you know, quote, back to life. Yeah, so when he's really kind of deep diving about this, it's an interesting play, but it obviously doesn't go his way. No. Because, quite frankly, does anything really go right in comics? No, no, not at all. Otherwise, it'd just be too easy. Exactly. And then what happens the Death Ranger takes over, mm-hmm. and he winds up capturing everybody from the Omega Rangers, especially Jason, who during this time unfortunately loses his mother. Yes, in one of the most gripping issues you're going to read, and I have to strongly recommend watch what music you're listening to it on. Be very careful. Yeah, because I will admit I was listening to some Sam Smith when it came on, and I was like, God dang it, the. By the emotions, the feels, if you will, definitely kicked on that because it was such a beautifully written issue, obviously dealing with grief and obviously how Jason was going to it, being in space and then not being around Earth when he loses his mother, not to have that final goodbye. How Ryan crafted this is just one of the standout moments of his run that really shows, okay, we have these superheroes and obviously they do have normal lives. And a lot of times we just really focus on the heroics and not the behind the scenes, so to speak. This really brought everything grounded back to Earth. No pun intended since they're in space. But you start seeing about how he's reacting to it. And it just it's something that everybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well written. And like I say, it will hit you in the feels if you, if you read it. There's no way it doesn't. And then obviously this emotion carries through for the few more issues. And all of this is now leading into issue 100. Because now the Death Ranger has taken over all of the Omega Rangers. So Jason, Trini, Zach, and Yale. And now they're making their play for Earth. And then you're seeing the escapees from Safe Haven come to uh, the new command center and are trying to talk to everybody there and saying, there's a big threat coming. Yes. Are you ready for this? And this is where it kind of leads into the issue. So even the setup for this, just to give a little background, 
you're thrown into this issue as we go into issue 100. But if you really have read since the Altarian War to now, you really know the emotional impact as you're going in. Yes, very much. And then this is where we're going to start diving into spoilers for issue 100. So if you're new to the ODPH, first and foremost, thank you for checking us out. What we like to do is give a spoiler-free statement on the topic we're going to be discussing. So you won't get anything ruined. But then we give you a countdown. So if you need to duck out because you haven't read the issue and you go, okay, I need to run to the LCS. I need to go get my copy. I need to read this because I don't want to have anything ruined. You have been told now, duck out at this moment in the podcast and then jump back in. Because after that countdown, we go spoiler deep. That said, Tom... I would like a spoiler-free statement for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 100 from Boom Studios. I would say if you're not reading this, you need to go out and get it right now. Because honestly, where this is going to be going after this, I have no idea. And I love the way where it's set up to go. I agree. I think that for being a finale, we knew the pressure was high. And obviously, with Ryan's work doing this... And having all those moments, and we only touched upon a few. I mean, we could just have done an entire episode deep diving into the run completely. Indeed. But to really come in for a finale with the buildup he's had, it really delivered on all fronts. There's few things that you can say, okay, well, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. It doesn't take away from the story. Like, this is just fine-tuning if you really want to go for it. But when you read this issue, and it's a massive one too, and it definitely delivers from opening page to closing moment. This is one that you're going to be talking about, and if you are just jumping into the lore, you understand why this book has so much hype behind it. Like, it doesn't leave anything on the table. It really ties up everything that you're going to need, and obviously going into the next creative team, they have a lot that they can go carve their own niche in, but this is one to put a very big exclamation point on and to say thank you to Ryan because this definitely dives into a lot of different things for the fans and gives you fan moments not fan service. There is a difference. Fan service is doing it to do it. Fan moments is when Tom and I are sitting on the phone and all of a sudden calling going, yo, did you see what happened on this page? Oh, my goodness. Yes. That is a fan moment, and you'll have a lot of those, and that is why it really connects with the fan base. So do yourselves a favor. Go get this issue if you haven't already. But that said, in three, two, one, what did you think? It was perfect. It really was perfect. I've given Ryan Parrott four perfect scores ever. Everybody knows one of my perfect one is Mighty Morphin 10, but that's on a personal level. Um, there have been two others, and but this one is probably the high mark set. It, it's the bar is set. You know, it, it, it's there's only fine little nitpicks that I saw and found, but that is me being overly critical as a fan who it's my job to find this stuff. Mm-hmm. But as a casual reader who loves this franchise, it, you can't beat it. There was nothing. There, yeah, you can't. It's it, it fantastic. I thought it delivered on all fronts. I mean, I, I found little stuff, but that is because I was trying to really find just anything I was missing. I was like overthinking a lot when I was right. reading it because at first read, I just went, wow. And that's literally my genuine reaction. I was just like, wow, because it really caps Everything off that's been ran, and especially for being a 40-page book. 44. 44, I'm sorry. There's a lot going on, but you don't get lost in everything. And the pacing was good, too. Pacing was perfect. Pacing was perfect because you start on page one, and next thing you know, you're on page 44, and you don't realize you're at 44 because it was just so well done. Yeah, because where we jump in, obviously the team is getting ready 
uh, for the big play that's going to be happening because obviously the Death Ranger is making his way towards Earth and doesn't want to really waste a lot of time and obviously have raising the army of the undead from KO-35 right. with the Omega Rangers, there is a definite threat going on. Then you go back to the command center, and Zordon is holding court with everybody that jumped in from Safe Haven, Yep, and especially Andros, who's public enemy number one, and rightfully so, and everybody is very skeptical of him. And this is one thing I thought was a very cool play, is you have a lot of the Rangers on Earth, and Tommy especially is just sitting there going like, why should we trust you? Like, after everything you've done, you've admitted that you basically got our friends in danger, probably killed. Why should we believe you here? And I think it was one of the cooler lines that he says during this to quote, I wouldn't blame you. It's what I deserve, but let me help. And if it comes down to my life or your friends, I promise I'm not hesitating. How that's delivered, you know, it's like, okay, there's no qualm. Like, he knows what happened. Mm -hmm. It's sunk in. And he realizes, okay, my best friend Zane is possessed. I got your friends possessed. My whole planet is possessed. Like, we're going walking dead here. And we don't have Daryl Dixon on the squad. We got Zordon and company. Yep. This is the best shot we got to win. Let's go do this. And the rest of the team is basically like, yeah, he's not kidding around. Uh, I believe him. So, you know what? We don't need to sit here waste any more time. Let's morph up. Exactly. And that's what they need to do. And they really got down to business. So when everybody from... The Earth Rangers, as we'll just call it, the Mighty Morphin side, go to space. This is the first time for a lot of them. Correct. And Matt I, included, the new Green Ranger. Yes. And you do see them having that little interaction, and they're going like, okay, like this is space. This is kind of weird. Like, what's going on? And everybody's trying to be, like, you know, very cool and calm. But it's kind of not happening. Like, I, I do like how they were almost like fans in, in their own right. Like, oh, this is what the Omega Rangers get to do. Like, we never do this, mm-hmm. even though they fight threats that come to earth but it's still a cool moment for a fan like that's why i say it connects with you as a reader because you're like okay now you're seeing it through their eyes like this is the first time i've gone to space like what is going on here and then obviously see billy with (laughs) his a big gun shall we say yes the tricera cannon or whatever the technical term was for it because trust me tricera cannon sounded cooler yeah i love how tommy's like calling him out about this because he's like the mvx uh 368 and he's like well why are you calling that or the tricera cannon it's like well do you want me to call that other name yeah good call and then we really don't waste a lot of time as we get down to business because once the Death Ranger shows up, and obviously seeing the first image of Jason as the Death Ranger. Yes, in the last who, issue, yeah. Yeah, who's been the most susceptible to the Death Ranger because obviously everything has gone on with his mother. This is a powerful scene that's going on because he's basically just sitting there just saying, okay, you're not going to win this. You can join us. Everything will be fine. We'll be good. And the team is basically like, yeah, we didn't fly all the way across the universe to come here. And then they are hit with Moises Hidalgo's Splash Page. And, Tom, I know I'm calling this up on screen. How dope is this moment? I think it's fantastic, but I have one issue, one problem with this page. Okay, Hmm. And I didn't put this in my article because I wanted to save it for here. So if anybody looks at this particular page, you're going to see Go Go Power Rangers, and then you're going to see Omega Now, Omega Forever. Why the heck, honest to goodness, why would the Omegas that are possessed by the Death Ranger use their call? Simple. No, there's a good answer for this. Because at their hearts, they're still heroes, and they still make their call, but they're possessed, and this is the Death Ranger basically making fun of them. Because, I mean, if if he's tapped into the emotions of them, he knows, obviously, when you make the battle cry, let's get down to business. So when the Rangers do that, it's almost like he's giving them the finger and saying, 
all right, I can do this because if you especially see how the font is written yeah. for this, it's real shaky. And, it's real yeah. shaky. Like the death Ranger is saying it. So he's basically possessing him saying, okay, I see you and I'm a razy 10. Okay. I see now. I See, that's why I love doing this because this is why we do this thing. Exactly. Like, no, I, this is why I love breaking down the comics and especially, you know, for fan lords like this, because you find these little theories that go on. And then I love how they do the pairings because you see everybody is kind of squaring up a little bit. The Death Ranger is just kind of running through everybody at one point. And then you're really kind of breaking into, I would say, like the second act, but it really starts connecting. This is Marco Renna taking over the art because it is yep. split between Moises Hidalgo and Marco Renna. For most of the book, there is a little section, which we will get to, that has an all-star cast of creative people on this that will just absolutely blow your mind in more ways than one. Yes. But this is when it really switches, and this is when I love seeing the pairing go off because – it kind of seems like, okay, when you have the big scrum going on and just everybody's fighting everybody, it finally kind of weeds out into those certain matchups. And then obviously you have Zane taking on Andros. And to see that kind of connection going on and especially how emotional that is. Oh, it's so heavy. Like ridiculously heavy. Yeah, and then it goes shifts to Jason versus Tommy, which has been an underlying theme for basically the dawn of the Power Rangers. The, Three decades. The, yeah, that there's been, you know, like... I hate saying the word frenemy, but kind of, sort of. It's a stretch. I mean, but... I mean, they get strained very often. I mean, I think there's a little bit of like underlying jealousy because obviously when Tommy gets the white light in him mm-hmm. and becomes the White Ranger, everything kind of goes sideways and everything is like, okay, Jason's like, well, you know, I used to be the number one, now I'm the number two, and then, then you want to factor in the Green Ranger. That's a whole different ball of wax. Yep. But to see that underlying, especially the Death Ranger with everybody's possessing. He's trying to push buttons. Oh, my God. Is he pushing buttons? He's got the whole damn keyboard. And I love how he's doing it because he's just digging at Tommy. Yep. And you can see, like, when Ryan's writing him, there's moments where Jason is making a lot of truth. And you're sitting there going, and especially if you know the Rangers, I mean, from a little bit to, obviously, if you read every single issue in, in the dawn of time, you can definitely hear that in his voice. And you can kind of sit back and go, I see what he's doing. And this is how he plays into things. And I love how it's set up because they're not really holding back from what they're doing. They're definitely pushing that back and forth to build their rivalry. And then things get a little crazy. Things go big, real big, because we get the Megazord shows up. So because the Death Ranger now possesses all of the Omega Rangers, he was able to call the Omega Ultra Zord down. But not only that, he called his ancient Gold Omega Zord, or Gold yeah, Gold Omega Zord, mm-hmm. and combined it to make the Gold Ultra. What the heck? It, it's a cluster. The Ultra Gold Omega Zord. The Ultra Gold Omega Zord. I know it's it's a tongue twister, but once you see this on screen or on panel, rather, it's absolutely impressive. Like oh, Mar- yeah. like Marco, how Marco does this is just it's top notch. And I love how Tommy is just going. Um, Rangers, I've got good news. and I got bad news. The bad news is you probably see, but the good news is he made his move. Yep. So this was all a setup. And I love how it's done because you don't see it coming. Not like, at all. Like the fact that they're like, okay, I know what the Death Ranger is doing, and obviously he's got the army of the undead running crazy, so every single other Ranger is dealing with that. But then once you start seeing how the, the Mighty Morphin team is kind of, each one is having a little standoff with the Omegas, then you start seeing everybody break away again. And then you get, obviously, the reinforcements come in from... I call them the safe haven squad. I like it. Because, obviously, you have... Archon, you have Kavor, and then you have Journey showing up. 
And it's such a cool moment, too, to see when they all come flying through because obviously you've been reading Power Rangers, the series. You've really kind of started growing attached to Journey and just how you've seen her story and obviously with Zach and Trini being the adoptive parents. And now you're seeing that she's rapidly aging by the more action she's involved in. I mean, how do you think about her powers? Like, how cool of a twist is this? Oh, I think it's it's fantastic to see that, you know, we've we've gotten such an emotional grip on this character in so little time because they have to grow up so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you're kind of just seeing everybody back and forth, and then you get the Battle of Trini versus Journey, too. Ooh. Which, again, another emotional moment if you've been reading the books. If you're jumping in a little cold, it's still, you can pick up, okay, obviously there's a connection. But when you realize it's adoptive mother versus adopted daughter there, it's a wild scenario to see play out. And especially for Journey, who's literally growing up before our eyes. And literally, we're seeing her trying to deal with this emotion, and she's crying, too. The one scene where she's just sitting there like, my parents taught me that. Like that little small panel. It's a quick second read, but still. It just puts the cherry on the top of that emotional ride that you're you're going on. And we've had three battles like that thus far. And then you start bringing back the Zords. And then how would you describe this whole scenario? So with the whole thing that's going on with the Gold Omega Ultra Zords, say that three times fast again. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, they're fighting up against the Thunder Megazord. And then it, the Thunder Megazord is by far cannot keep up with the uh, Omega Ultra Zord, Golden Omega Ultra Zord. So they finally say, hey, Matt, do you want to pull in the Dragon Zord? And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. So even a two-on-one battle still ain't happening. Because, again, these Omega powers are ancient powers. They are based on the four basic elements, the strongest things in the universe. And then we have add to that the whole death power. So someone finally just has the idea and says, well, hey, we did this thing before. Do you think we could do it again? And sure enough, they go, we need Dragon Thunderzord power now. Yep, so they combine together the original OG, well, remodeled Dragon Zord with the Thunder Megazord to make this beautiful thing. Now, as cool as Zord battles are, there's a bigger battle that's going on right now down on the ground because all the Rangers are busy in their Zords. We still have what's going on with Tommy, uh, Jason, and... Andros is happening right now because Andros was able to get the Tricera cannon to see if they could shoot the Death Ranger out of Jason. Now, while this was all going on, Jason, again, was goading Tommy with everything that was going on. Death Ranger, Death Ranger Jason just completely missed the shot. Yeah. Slices the Tricera cannon. And then in a last ditch effort, because Andros was about to lose everything, he went and jumped up to Jason and did the one thing that just floored me yeah absolutely floored me forces the morphing he, he he morphed finally yeah and obviously this causes a very trippy scenario with an all-star cast of artists on this and it really shows about like we are definitely moving through a different plane right here yep and obviously you get uh almost like a this is your life with jason very much to a degree like yep. you see him obviously with the with the zords and he's just kind of sitting there basically breaking down like, okay, what's going on? And you're seeing Andros is like still busting through because the Death Ranger is still trying to talk to him. And the best part, if you notice, is every single time in those panels where the Death Ranger is speaking through the other Rangers, you actually don't see their faces. No, you don't. They're silhouetted. It's such a little move that every artist does with it. But still, it works because that's the whole thing about the Death Ranger is like he just possesses pretty much. You don't really see a true face to him other than a skull. 
and then how they kind of just keep progressing to you're just seeing Andros talk to him and basically connecting with Jason, who's you know fully is bought into the Death Ranger. And even the Death Ranger is like, I'm giving you all these gifts. Like, why do you want to go? I can give you everything you want. And Jason is still fighting it because at the end of the day, he's still Jason, the most noble of all Rangers. Mm -hmm. And then you're seeing, obviously, more of the trip through the Fantastic here. You're seeing a lot of crazy artwork. And then the moment that starts to build the fields. All the fields. You get a little flashback with him with his mom. And maybe one of the most memorable moments he has with her. And obviously, he's just in there kind of playing video games and kind of is really kind of brushing out what's going on, but has that like moment of the hug and just connecting. And like, once you see that she makes that connection, that's the key to everything. And he winds up busting through. And then in the fan moment of the issue. Oh yeah. And like I say, not fan service fan moment, because everybody I've talked to about this comic says the same thing. When Jason gets that uppercut full of energy and knocks out the death ranger, I think every single fan that has read this went, yes, let's go. And and the 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 icing on the cake is the fact that it starts off with Jason. Then it, it transforms into Mighty Morphin Jason. Then it transforms into Mighty Morphin Dra- Jason with the Dragon Shield. Then into his next form of what would be the Omega Ranger to finally land that final blow on the Death Ranger was fantastic. And then the next panel you see the, Ome- the gold Omega Morpher crumbling. Yes. And then obviously Jason is back to normal. You see Andros is still there. But we're not done with the Death Ranger just yet. Like, I thought they could have ended it right there with him and have been fine. But then what happens? Well, the thing is the fact that because the Death Ranger was in charge of the Omega Rangers before when they were possessed, because he had that possession, he was able to control the Omega Zords. And because he was in the grid for so long, he was able to control his Zord uh, remotely by thought. So he just put his life essence in the gold Omega Zord, and thus the golden Omega Ultra Zord. Yes. And then when ultimately that is taken out, there's no more Death Ranger. There's no more Death Ranger, we think. Yes. But like every single good villain, you know that that's not it for him. Exactly. And and just those few panels of the Dragon Thunder Mega Zord was just fantastic. And I really do think that it was one of those last things that Ryan wanted to do just, you know, as a fan first. For himself to finally get that last, you know, combo because we've gotten the Tiger Zord with the, you know, with the Dragon Zord. Mm-hmm. We've got the Mecha Zord. We've gotten all kinds of fun stuff. Even in Ninja Turtles, we got the Turtle Zord. Yeah. So this is just a, a great way. Is like, yep, this is the last little check I need on my list. And you know what? A perfect way to do it too, because once you get to the battle is all done, we do time jump one week later. One week later. And then everybody's at safe haven and really kind of coming to terms with what's going on. Andros gives his powder out now, so he is leaving because obviously Billy has fixed the cryogenic chamber that Zane has been. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to try saving him again. So Andros' story is done. Jason is kind of alluding to that something's up, but he's not saying exactly what yet. Yeah, he had he talked to Tommy off panel, and so they, they know what's going on, but Jason understands that right now there's something more important going on. Yeah, and then you're seeing obviously another feels moment. All the feels. The goodbye to Journey, who has now aged to where she's very much elderly and on her last legs because she has literally given it all to help this team out. And that's one thing with her abilities is the more that she was fighting to save the universe, that aged her so quickly Mm -hmm. that she's just sitting there and she's having that moment goodbye with Trini. And, man, like this whole scenario, 
Like, not that we didn't already have enough emotion going on, but seeing that final goodbye, and she's just like, you know, could everybody just stay here with me for a little bit? Yep. And she's like, I'm just a little hungry. And it's just like, oh, man. And then, obviously, just really solidifying what's going on. And then we do see that she does pass away. And then what the team is basically going into their next phase. And you see Jason says, well, uh, I think I'm out being a ranger because I can't morph. Yep. Because of whatever happened with the powers that uh, when the Death Ranger, Andros, and Jason were all within the grid at the same time, Jason got booted out or he can't connect right now to the Red Omega powers. So he's going to step away from being a ranger and go spend time with the, the parent he does have left. Yeah. While he can. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's a fitting end. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that he was putting off, obviously, putting the team ahead of himself. And he's done that so many times throughout the, the series. Oh, yeah. That now is the time that he's like, okay, I need a moment for me. And then, obviously, the team is you know standing behind him 100%. And then you go into probably the most emotional moment of this book, the phone message from the his mom. Yep. The voicemail from his mom, and he's just listening to it. And, obviously, you're seeing everybody's flashbacks as – you see Andros is standing over Zane's chamber. You're seeing the team give a final hug goodbye to Jason as he walks away. And then you see a very interesting lineup here because you see the traditional Rangers, Rocky, Aisha, Billy, Tommy, Kimberly, and Adam. Adam. And then we see the Omega Rangers. Now, Zach, Zach is the Black Ranger. Yep. Yale is the Blue Ranger. Yep. But we've had a little bit of a team change up. So, Kavor is now the yellow Omega Ranger. Yes, the young uh, alien that has been hanging around the team and was originally butting heads with Zach a lot has now won them over. Yes. And finally, Trini gets to be the Red Ranger. About damn time. Absolutely deserves to be. She is a, a leader in all sense of, uh, sense and purpose. She absolutely deserves this power, so I can't wait to see how they write this from now on. Yeah, when they do. And then, obviously, you kind of see the Morphers going on you're, you're seeing that well everybody's kind of getting used to their powers and you see everybody kick into suits mm-hmm. and it's a cool moment to see and then one final parting shot with the team doing a big homage just like you would predict in any single comic book just everybody's just kind of together with the zords behind them a little bit foreshadow wants to come and then jason's just standing there getting ready to walk into his next phase mm-hmm. now what's also cool if you look at that uh panel with the with the zords and the big huge uh you know group shot there it starts actually with the Mighty Morphin Megazord, mm-hmm. not with the Thunder Megazord that was in the battle because it's it was the beginning and the end of Jason's Zords. Ooh, good catch right there. But what a way to end it, though. An amazing way. I mean, if, you, if you're not blubbering by the end of this issue or if you haven't at least blubbered twice, something's wrong with you. Fully agree. I mean, this is the one thing about Parrot's writing that I think really connects because with such a big cast going on, and I think everybody had their moments – in this too. I mean, Matt was the only one that maybe didn't have a big one, the green Ranger, but it wasn't anything I don't think took away from the book. No, by any means, but everybody kind of had their moment to say goodbye. And obviously when you've seen Karen become the Ranger, like that was the only thing that threw me for a curveball. I wasn't expecting him at all. Like, I don't know who you would have plugged and played in there, but I was going, that's kind of an interesting take, but I'm here for it because obviously he's won them over quickly, but it was a lot due to journey. Mm-hmm. The journey really brought the hero out in him right. during this because when you saw him before, he was just buttonheads with Zach on Safe Haven. So now to see this, it truly brings everything all together. So then when the next phase is now kicking in, it's going to be definitely something to watch. And that being said, Tom, what do you think the future of the franchise is looking at now? 
that's a loaded question. That's a really loaded question. And you're asking the wrong and the right guy for this at the same time. Um, I think that we need to refocus on the Mighty Morphin aspect because I think since uh, issue 50 as a whole, everything's kind of been very much on the Omega Rangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have had that few issues. We have had the Altarian War, but that was also still, you know, the base for it was really in space, you know, because Zardus had the Imperials, you know, Zardus had the, you know, killed the emissaries to get the Imperials. So we've had a lot of galactic adventures right now. And yes, we did get that really great issue with Rocky, you know, standing out with him and Matt taking on the uh, part of the Machine Empire. I really think we need to refocus, come back to Earth, Mm -hmm. and see what's going on here. Because where we're at at this point, we still have the ninja powers to go through or in some sort of adaptation of it. Or we're going to keep going with the story and see what what we can fill in. Because when we did the Machine Empire, they're technically Zeo characters, Mm -hmm. but they went with the other side of the family. So it, there's a lot of things to still work in, and I really think we should focus back on Earth. And once we get a really good thing going here, then it's, you know, hey, let's send out for something out in space and see where the Omegas are at at, at some point. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think it's got to really focus on the traditional team, you know, yep. that's based in Angel Grove and the one that most of the pop culture audience knows. Obviously, we know Melissa Flores is going to be taking over the book with Simona de Gianfalis. Yep. Taking over the artwork. Super excited about the team. I, I don't think the franchise could be in better hands, and especially if you've read The Dead Lucky. Absolutely. I am super excited to see where this franchise is going. And I think, though, it really ties into a whole new chapter in more ways than one. I think that you're right on the head. I think if we focus on the traditional squad that's on Angel Grove for a while and just really build that up and then come back to the Omega Rangers down the road a little bit. Let them get established, and maybe you will have a crossover, maybe in you know six, twelve issues, something like that. Just give a little space. I think that would really help because I think that we've we've had both teams going so strong for a while. If we're going to focus on one, because now it's all merged under one banner, I think that's the way to go for right now. now but one other thing that Boom did uh, several months ago that I noticed and I picked out of a press release is that when we were talking about the Death Ranger. Mm-hmm. At some point, they mentioned that there were six Omega Rangers, ancient Omega Rangers. So there's an there's an out there to try and figure out what this sixth Omega is. That'd be very interesting to see. And a lot of us have been speculating online what it could be. Is it a White Ranger? Is it a Silver Ranger? Is it a Copper Ranger? Is it, you know, whatever it is. But I don't know if Boom did that by mistake by dropping that. Like, there, there's little breadcrumbs there, but in, in our fan base... We'll run with anything you give us. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's smart to do because you really want to keep this fan base engaged. And obviously, they've done such an amazing job with this comic line since day one. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one thing about it. There's so much great Ranger stories that you can go back to. Like, I'm doing a reread, and a lot of this is my first time doing this because I really just jumped on during Ryan's run. Yep. And this is where I'm like, okay, this has been a go-to for me every month reading. To now see that they're leaving enough breadcrumbs that they want to go in different directions, it really leaves an open playbook for the new creative team to come in. So, playbook, yes, but it also has a great Bible to build off of. As oh, well. absolutely. Like the foundation is here. And I think for everything that Ryan's done, I think we can speak for behalf of the entire fan base and say thank you very much because this has been some of the biggest moments in Ranger lore that we've been able to sit there and read. And obviously, we're going to see a little bit more of him with the Rangers coming up with a cross with the crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with art by Dan Mora. And I will say it probably the best artist in comics right now. Yep. 
without question. Indeed. So that'll be dropping in December. And then, plus, if you want more of Ryan, obviously, if you listen to the ODPH, you know I scream about Rogue Son a lot. I'm long overdue to chat with Ryan about this book, especially the issue coming out now, the Choose Your Own Adventure style, mm-hmm. which is going to be hitting stores as we record next week. So you definitely want to keep an eye out for that. There's so much good that is coming out of this story, and obviously where everybody's going from here, go follow those creators. Go stick with this franchise. This has been something Boom has put a lot of energy into, and it's paid off in dividends and then some. And obviously to see where Ryan's going next is going to be something definitely to keep following him on. And then to see what the new creative team is going to do is going to be absolutely epic. Uh, What was great, too, about it is that we were talking about that phone call. I was chatting out of school with Ryan, and he said the reason he did it that way is because he even has a saved voicemail from his grandparents. Oh, man, that's awesome. You know, I, I too, have one saved from my dad from 20 years ago. I do, too, so, from my dad. So yeah. so we get we get it, and, and trust me, I, it's, yeah, a lot of respect in, in, in that. You know, there was other things that he did as nods to other other things, like Journey's weapons were copies of zach and trini's mighty morphin weapons of the power axe and the you know power daggers mm. there were just all these great little things that as a fan he put in there but also he put so much of himself into it and you got it off the page absolutely it's something that i strongly recommend go to your lcs right now go get this issue you definitely want to do it it might be a little pricey because it's 44 issues or 44 pages rather it's well worth it Trust us. Yeah, just be careful of all the different covers because some of them I've seen already up to over $100. Yeah, it can get a little crazy. The but incentive ones, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It's well worth the investment. We can't say it enough. Definitely go out and purchase this book and then hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of it. Tom, thank you again for swinging through. Ken, thank you always for having me. Tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on most social medias. You'll find me uh, pretty much everywhere at Off the Cuff Gaming, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I'm always around. He's always around. He's going to be down at NYCC, so you definitely want to stop over, say hi, talk some Power Rangers with him, as well as yours truly here, because I'm going to be down at NYCC as well. Definitely you can find us for anything and everything that is the ODPH. Simply swing on over to odphpodcast.com. That's all for this special edition of the show. I am your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. Darkness has crept into
little task at hand The making of a 